if you've ever listened to a podcast or read one of my books and thought, I wish I knew if that was the right thing for my body, or how could I make that work with my schedule and responsibilities, I've got something for you. A new workbook by me coming out late spring. My Perfect Movement Plan, the Move Your DNA all-day workbook, is for your specific situation because you are going to finish writing it. When you're finished, you will have a guide to a personalized movement diet that nourishes your body in the ways that you need it to. My Perfect Movement Plan is available for pre-order now, and if you pre-order from the publisher, there's a bonus, a free ticket to an upcoming online workshop, Spot the Missing Micronutrients. It's a 90-minute class where you'll learn about five often missing movement micronutrients, and these are subtle movements of the body. In this case, we'll be looking in the shoulders and the hips and the feet that are often tied to pain or injury in those areas. In this workshop, I'll also show you how to supplement with exercise vitamins. I'm putting air quotes around vitamins and how to adjust your regular movement so exercise supplementation isn't as necessary. Pre-order now at mpmpbook.com. That's my perfect movement plan, mpmpbook.com. And you'll automatically receive a bonus class ticket. But wait, there's more. Um, I'm going to be drawing three names from these pre-orders and these peeps are going to get a small group session with me to go over your perfect movement plan. So you can ask me questions and we'll brainstorm your specific situation on a Zoom call together. I cannot wait. So head over to mpmpbook.com for all the details on the book and the bonuses. Read through the frequently asked questions, order the book, get the class, and then get moving. I'm so excited to share this workbook. It's the missing puzzle piece you've been waiting for, and it's so very actionable. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Katie Says Podcast, where Danny Hemmett and Katie Bowman talk about movement, the tiny details, the larger issues, and why movement matters. I'm Katie Bowman, biomechanist and author of Move Your DNA. And I'm Danny Hemmett, a chronically curious movement teacher. And uh, we have a new theme song. We have a new theme song. Same, actually, we have a, a different version That's of the right. same theme song. Because we, we know you loved it, and we loved it too, but mm-hmm. we went homemade. We went a little DIY. <laughs> we did. Which um, is kind of the theme for, it's been the trend, I would say, in understanding movement, right? From the laboratory mix to the more do-it-yourself, like that theme. So we thought we'd adjust the right? theme song and, to match. And reframing. It's always good to reframe the way sure. you look at things, which is this, good. the it's best good part of the podcast up. for me. Yeah. And mixing it up. Mixing it up, changing, Aww. dynamic, all those things. Any other changes? Slightly new format to the show, new image. But other than that, same at new co-host, we're going to bring on Bob. <laughs> this would be my last show so That's thank right. you everybody it was great no and and also replacing no bob's replacing me i'm out 
It's oh, you and ex- Bob. <laughs> excellent. Bob and I can just sit around with our thumbs in our ears. It's also going to be on sci-fi going forward. So I hope that doesn't mix anyone up. I'm so glad of all these changes. I had no idea. This is great. Yeah. We like great. to keep you in the keep you in the dark. So yeah. anyway. We hope you like it all as much as, <laughs> as we had fun doing it. And see you later. Just time for a new coat of paint on the old gal. All right. So third year. Mm-hmm. It's the third year. This show is three years old. We I'm thinking this is our- actually episode 60. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. We've looked back at a lot of the shows. So, you know, Danny and I, although it doesn't seem like we're at that together 100% of the time, we actually do try to plan out show topics and recording schedules for the year. And so I had, I would say I had a big hand in maybe the next seven or eight shows because there's going to be a big hunk of shows on my upcoming book, Movement Matters, which you have not read yet. Mm, I can't wait. But it's coming your way. Gimme, gimme. And Bob's way. I'm sending you and Bob both a copy so you can discuss. Bob, that's a joke. (laughs) And so those shows. Bob didn't think that was very funny. I know Bob's like, are they talking about me? Yeah. Those those shows, I would say, are going to be, they're paradigm shifting shows. So, of course, there's a lot of paradigm shifting stuff on our podcast. But sometimes it's not so much about the analysis of movement and the way that we're used to analyzing movement, which is like the movement of your elbows and your shoulders and your knees and your hips. It's more about the role of movement in the world and what is it what does it mean to be a sedentary culture right so these are big ideas we've done a lot of those shows we have a lot of those shows coming up because there's a whole entire book for the first time on that level of understanding movement movement ecology movement ecology however i still for one and you the chronically curious movement teacher i think still appreciate the elbows and the knees and the hips type analysis. Yeah. Am I it's right? Good to, it was good to go back to that and just kind of, for those people that don't, you know, haven't gone there yet, it's very yeah. eye-opening and educational. It helps you tie things together. And and yeah, like you said, sometimes we we start thinking about the bigger picture and it's kind of yeah. nice just to go back and pick the pick the bones. Literally. Well, you're going to... You're going to go back and forth, right? We, right? We've done a lot. I mean, I've spent 10 years detailing the knees and the hips and the shoulders. So it's a natural evolution for me to now be thinking of the bigger picture. I mean, I've been in the minute picture for really over 20 years. So if you're just going, I'm just into the smaller, uh, not smaller, but into the more intricate level of analysis of movement you usually do start there first. There's plenty of resources to continue doing that. This show will be one of them. But for me, I'm at a place where I'm considering a much larger picture. And I like to show how the larger picture refers back to the smaller picture. So if this is the first show, just know that that's, <laughs> that's where you are. Like It's like there's there's a there's a global. It'll be okay. It'll all be okay. Well, that's a long way for saying today's show is a good old-fashioned discussion about arm swing. Mm. All right? So it's not about movement on the other side of the planet as much as it is right now with what's happening in your shoulders when you walk. So maybe you're listening while you're out walking, which will be awesome. And if not, I would say that there's a lot of movement in this particular episode. There's some movement that we can do. Danny has no idea what I'm going to be talking about. None. She was like, what are you going to do about arm swing? So I'm going to take over this show 
as right, Bob the, and I are just going to sit back and you and Bob and say well, rude things under our breath. That's okay. Go for it. Wouldn't be the first time. All right. So arm swing. <laughs> so do you remember a show? I think it might have been Danny in the first one, two, or three shows, or it might have even been in the shows where we were practicing doing a podcast, <laughs> which was the first fifty. Which I think that's shows. like the first fifty, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I remember that you were saying, we're talking about walking Mm -hmm. and how you, did you attach your dog leash to your waist or you had one of those? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was complaining or saying something that I have a little waist belt because I felt like I couldn't swing my arms the right way. Yeah. I was all tense holding that dog leash. I have three dogs or had three dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So arm swing, arm swing is a natural phenomenon. It's, it's actually called reciprocal arm swing and it's that thing that happens when you're out walking, the coordination of your arms with your legs. The fact that when your left leg goes back, your opposing right arm goes back, right? Mm-hmm. So that you you would you could recognize my husband and I were taking a walk. He's like, have you ever tried to walk same arm, same leg? So if you're out there right now, this is a movement break. Try to take a few steps where you're where your left leg and your left arm come forward and then your right leg and your right arm come forward. And you're going to feel like the, you know, a very strange kind of robot yeah, creature. Yeah, like Frankenstein, like Peter Boyle. Which is perfect yeah. for our new sci-fi podcast. All right, so this is how mm-hmm. we walk. Uh, so it's opposite. And the reason it's opposite is the the purpose, really, of reciprocal arm reciprocal arm swing or the function that it serves is... That when your leg goes behind you when you're walking. So keep in mind that a lot of people will walk without their leg going back as a where their force is not pushing their leg back. So that's that posterior push off, right? Where you're on one leg and it rows behind you to propel you forward. Can you just break that down? Just sorry to interrupt, but why why wouldn't somebody use posterior push off? Like what what would be what would they be doing well, to move their leg? Well, the other way to walk would be to lift your leg out in front of you and fall forward. Like a marionette. Yeah, or walking on a treadmill. Okay, so, okay. Well, if you're walking on a treadmill, like that's why it talks much about treadmills is tre- treadmills will kind of reverse the propulsion. The movements are similar. You still see your legs swinging out and back. This is all in Move Your DNA if you want to investigate more. Instead of this, your arm's going front to back, but the work is on the front part, right? You're using the front of your leg to lift it out in front of you and then leaning your torso forward to let gravity pull you forward. As opposed to if you stand on one leg right now and don't lean forward, if you just push, I'm on my right leg, if you just push your right leg back into the ground, it doesn't, it's kind of like if you were going to slide back with an ice skate, but you don't let it slide, you let that kind of traction and that joint action move your pelvis forward that's what we call posterior push-off so the work is behind you you're actually working the muscles on the back of your leg and the net result is you go forward so you've got this your leg is heavy it's a heavy long piece of your body so when you have a heavy long piece of your body move behind you it's connected to your pelvis And so when you put that leg behind you, the tendency for that leg moving behind you is to also take, I'm talking about my right leg, the right half of your pelvis behind you with it. So it's like as your right leg goes back, it it twists your pelvis to the right. So you've got this kind of big 
twist happening up in your body that would could cause your entire torso instead of going forward to kind of all whole body turn to the right as your leg goes back, which would mean that as you were trying to walk forward, your whole body was swinging to the right and to the left and to the right and to the left with every step. So you have, you have different mechanisms for balancing out that tendency of rotation. So my, my right leg goes back behind me. Simultaneously, my left arm goes back behind me which kind of counteracts that tendency for rotation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's one of that's one of the benefits of arm swing. Now, your arm going back is not the only counterer of that leg going back. You also have a psoas muscle that can brace yourself on the opposing side, and you have obliques, and then you have spinal rotators that are all doing the same thing. They're all kind of firing at the same time to counteract that tendency to rotate. So when you were talking a long time ago, and it might even have been not even, and that one was in the first few episodes, it might have been Gate Lab. This would be a good time to revisit a podcast we did called Gate Lab when we were talking about like, what's the right way to walk, right? Yeah. Well, and just things to pay attention to. Yeah, you just there's so many things you don't think about. I mean, I'm sure some people listening right now are thinking, "Don't I push off with my?" You know, they're just like sure. reassessing. They, the whole they didn't thing. hear anything we said the last <laughs> six minutes. Like, <laughs> so arm swing, and and I think it was your comment going back to that first few episodes where you're like, you need to be using your arms when you walk, and yes, you you need to. But at the same time, sometimes your arms need to be doing other things. This. This idea that we can have this perfectly balanced, symmetrical left arm going back with the right leg really requires that you have a hands-free kind of life, which means your walking is not really ever to do anything right. else with your it's arms. Right, just for you know, walking, which is a, right. Which is a very unnatural, like, so that's not necessarily natural gait. Mm-hmm. It's, it could be one element of it. The fact that your arms swing reciprocally reciprocally is natural but that you do that the entire time is not natural it would be much more natural meaning were you in nature to be carrying something right. with your arms i mean why are you always walking around not doing anything because <laughs> because someone because else my is doing the taking care of everything else exactly. so i can swing my exactly. arms <laughs> exactly Please. so that brings us to the larger global picture of why we perceive things to be natural relative to our personal experience, see movement matters. Anyway, <laughs> so we used to have a movement break, but for this episode, there's just going to be a whole lot of movement, and we might give you an, a non-movement break. So you're going to stand with your arms down by your side. Now, if you lifted your, or go ahead and lift your right arm out in front of you. Okay. Right? So lift your arm up and then let it drop. And then lift it up again in front of you and then let it drop. And you can do that with your left arm as well. You could actually do both arms at the same time. You lift your left arm or both out and then let them drop and they swing backwards, right? Right. Lift them up in front of you. You're doing the work on the front of your shoulder. And then when it drops, you're not doing work on the back of your shoulder. Gravity is moving it backwards, right? So if you were trying to go, what's my net muscle development from moving my arms up and then letting them drop back down, it would not be a balanced muscle on the front to a muscle on the back 
because the front action of your arm going forward is active and then the movement backwards is passive. Gravity did it. All right. So you would not expect to see equal balanced musculature. Now, but start with your arms down by your side again. Reach. You could do both arms at the same time back behind you. You're working the back of the arm, right? Back of the shoulder, triceps. Yes. Yeah. And then let them drop. And thus they swing forward, uh-huh. right? And then you're going to work it, your arms back up behind you. You're lifting. The work is behind you. And then you're going to go ahead and let them drop. So you have movement in both cases. But in this case, the muscular development, theoretically, that you would get from doing this so many times would be on the backs of your arms, right? Because the back would be, even though you're moving front to back, if you go a little bit faster, right, if you pick them up behind you and then let them relax and pick them up behind you and let them relax and pick them up behind you and let them relax, despite the movement being front to back, you're producing more force in the direction behind you. So you're using more of your musculature behind you. The front is a relaxing swing that gravity is creating. So when you move... When you're generating force with your leg behind you, it's not only that your arm is moving back behind you, it's that you're actively reaching your arm behind you, right? Yeah. So you're, if you're doing, if you're p- pushing off posteriorly on the opposite side of your body, your arm is also reaching back. Likewise, if you have that kind of reverse gait where you're doing your leg in front of you, then you're likely picking your arms up in front of you too, and then relaxing your arm back as you are relaxing your leg back too. So is that just because it would be a natural? I mean, why? why that would be like, the natural balance. Okay. Yeah, Got yeah. It. If you are, if you are, I mean, the the re- the reciprocity is balancing out the forces. It's not a natural posterior action. It's just your arm is going to do whatever it needs to do to counter the tendency to rotate. If your shoulders are super super tight, though where they're unable to do the balancing work, then your other parts of your body that counter that rotation are going to have to kick it up a notch, right? Mm-hmm. Your, if your spine has a tendency to rotate, let's say my left leg goes behind me, if my spine has a tendency to rotate to the left, then I'm going to twist my spine back to the right and hold it tense, right, to keep it going. So when you've got super, super tight shoulders, you are effectively naturally increasing your need for tension in the psoas, for tension in the trunk, for really bracing your trunk altogether. So it's just another reason why it's a whole body thing. You know what I mean? That if if those shoulders aren't aren't going, then you're going to, something else has to be balancing unless you're yawing. Y-A-W is the the, uh, physics term for that, for the rotation about a, polar axis, an axis that goes like straight up and straight down, like rotating your whole entire body about it when you go. So if somebody were curious, like, am I doing this when I'm walking? Is is there a little... Uh, quick, Which part? Yeah, quick, well, the, the, the tight shoulders making everything twist with them. Can they just watch themselves like walk down a hall toward the mirror or... You know what is a really great cheap biofeedback tool are lanyards. Plus they're super cool. <laughs> Exactly. All the cool kids are wearing lanyards. But if you put a lanyard on and it's swinging side to side, it could be that you're actually rocking side to side, but it could be that you're twisting. The easiest way is just to watch your pelvis, right? You could 
you can see if your pelvis is twisting or if your chest is twisting. You just have to sometimes pay more attention. And if it's, if you feel like as soon as you pay attention, you're no longer doing the thing, then have someone videotape you. Oh, that's a good idea. Walking, you know, and just say, and have someone walk, tape you from the side and from the front so that you can get a sense of the different planes of action because some motions you can't see from one particular that's, view. That's true. That's a really good idea. Okay, so arm swing. Yeah. <laughs> is it? And that's a wrap, everybody. So I guess my point is with this arms, another practice one? <laughs> yes. Episode one through 67, <laughs> practice episodes, everybody. Uh, you cracked me up. <laughs> well, so I guess it's just a, it's, a, it's another piece to pay attention to to dissect this idea of movement. Oh, here's the other thing that I was going to say is your arm swing. Like I said, the reciprocity is the natural part, but the, 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 the direction of it is not necessarily the natural because once what happens when you start going uphill? or downhill. Mm. Now the physics of your gait are going to change a little bit. So when you, or, or fast versus slow. So one thing that I do in our gait labs for our teachers is have them walk really, really slow. So as you walk really, really slow, you just, I don't even say anything. I'm like, okay, you just walk really slow from point A to point B. Okay. Turn around and come back. Now we're going to go from point A to point B, and I want you to go as fast as you can. And what you will see is no arms moving on the first one because you don't need reciprocal arm swing because it's you're not really counteracting the backward motion of your leg. So, so if I'm walking, it's not that my left leg is going back, and so therefore my right arm goes back. It's that my left leg is going back quickly, which is going to kind of ten, tend to accelerate and rotate my pelvis with it. But if the movement is slow, you're not going to see the need to balance it with yeah, the makes sense. Right? So if you go slow, you'll see that your arms just kind of hang down by your side. And this is why a variability in speeds is nice. It's because there are natural things that happen at different speeds. When you go very, very fast, you're going to see your arms start pumping. And and actually if I had them go slow and medium and fast. You would see no arms on the slow. On the medium, you would have a longer arm working hard going backwards. Super fast. What happens to your arms naturally? And if you want to go take a few laps as fast as you can around your room, what you will see is that your arms bend. Yeah, I was going to say you kind of bend just naturally. Now, yes. So the natural bend, the natural bend is great. The natural bend is a response to the speed. But what do we do when we go out to go speed walking? Besides put on all of our speed walking pants and special headband, hats, headband, headband yeah. sunglasses <laughs> and butt pack full of goo, 8% goo, is that we pull our arms to the bent position. Like you are, you are faking the natural response to, and so like people are walking really slow with their arms bent because they're like, this is the form for walking, right? right? Like you're projecting on your body what you think is supposed to be happening doing the slower version of what other people are doing as fast and hard as they can. So there is a natural tendency to flex your elbows once you start going really, really fast because now not only do you have to counteract backwards, when you're walking really fast, you're also pulling your leg forward really fast, right? So the the work isn't only backwards. The work is back and then 
it's swinging through and naturally it's shortening or bending at the knee to shorten the leg, right? So you can, you can pull a leg through faster if it's a shorter limb. So there's less resistance for it coming forward. So it, you, you bend it. You, you're not consciously doing it. Your body's all and doing it for you. And it's the same thing with your arms. Your arms have worked back really hard and then you're swinging through and you are actually swinging through in this flexed position. So my, my larger point is stop faking it. Stop faking the form. Just do the activity and see what form you naturally beget. That you don't start off holding your elbows at 90 degrees and pump your arms. Let your arms relax down by your side. Start going and see what happens naturally. Because your body knows the right angles and speeds to hit better than you do with your mind and its current relationship with all these things you've been told about how to move, right. if that makes sense. Which is pretty clear if you try and run with your arms straight. Well, that's And so that's what I have people do. I was like, oh, you have to walk as fast as you can, but don't move your arms. So these are like fun things you can do. <laughs> For those of you who homeschool, if you wanted to teach kind of a, an anatomy slash physics lesson, walking is a really great way to do it. And you can have, you can use reciprocal arm swing as a really great lesson to kind of play with like, oh, there's this, one, it's a category of many different things and has different directions of force. And, and if you try to take it out, walking becomes very labor intensive, right? Because if you have no sure. arms and you're trying to walk fast, your core has to lock down mm-hmm. to keep your pelvis from going. Plus, you're missing how much work your arms are creating by pushing back. You know, you're actually pushing against the air behind you a little bit to help you move forward. So it's very fun to see the whole body nature of walking. I find it fascinating anyway. What else about that? Okay, so uphill and downhill. When you go uphill and downhill, once you start going up, there's more work. When, you, when you're climbing, let's say, a hill, like a 45-degree hill, when you're walking on flat ground, there's not a lot of work to be done in front of you at a leisurely pace. Let's just say you're going, you know, walking What's the, sauntering? Is that the good word? Like, just, yeah, you're just it's just you're just meandering. You're not like you're not doing a I fitness think pace or anything. You're making a a, a turn like here and there. So just sauntering okay. is good. You're just going you're from just, point A to point B. Yeah, it's just an easygoing walk. You're not doing a lot of work with your legs out in front of you. The bulk of that work really should be behind you. But once you start going uphill, you have to take the weight of your leg and lift it up ten inches higher than where it normally rests. So it's a lot of hip flexion Mm -hmm. action. Like you're actually pulling your leg up towards the ceiling. So that's work. You're lifting, not only are you lifting the weight of your leg, it's like, and then you set your heavy leg down up in front of you. And then from that leg, you push off and then do the same thing with the next leg, right? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of active lifting of the legs out in front of you. So what do you imagine the arm swing would be doing as you're going uphill? Pop quiz, everybody. I wish somebody would answer this. She's just looking at me. Uh, arm, arm, push back, I think. I just, I just hiked so much this weekend, too. Let me think. Okay, so, was so I I'm saying if I'm lifting my leg up in front of me, I think I was pu- I'd be pushing back so what, more with my arms. Is that right? Well, you're not going to do the same <sighs> thing with arms, right? So watch this. Okay, so it's left leg. My left leg goes up. 
What do you think my right arm is going to do? If my left leg is going up in front of me, which direction is my forward, right arm? My right. right. It's going to, yeah. the opposite side's got to match. Unless, unless you hike oh, left God. arm. If you hike left arm <laughs> and leg going up, then you are a bigger nerd than I ever imagined. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yes. So you have reciprocity, right? So it's got to be opposite. And if you're working your leg up, then you're going to be working your arm forward too. Like, so it's not only the, it's not only the motion that matches, it's the direction of force production. Okay. Um, now, that all being said, once you, like, that's just the motion of getting your left leg up and your right arm to match. Once you actively push that left leg back to get up to the next step, what is your opposite arm going to do? Ask it again. So I've I've got my left leg up on the hill. Okay. Now I have to put all my weight on it, right? So what's my right arm going to do? As I put as my weight on it, probably swing back. Yes, right? Because technically my left leg is swinging back right. behind me right. too. So pushing, yeah. And you're going to be working that arm just as hard as you're working the leg, relatively speaking. Meaning that you're you're digging into the earth and you're pushing down and back and your right arm is going to do the same. Which is why you really do use your arms. And I think that's why people are starting to use a lot of poles is because they're trying to parlay arm work to compensate for maybe some missing leg strength, or it's a way of sharing the work with is more of your limbs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you hike with I would poles, have to say 80% of the hikers that I encountered had poles and I was, I was thinking it was for, you know, balance and stability because, and they were people, you know, that too. All ages, I'm sure it's so balance and stability. Know. It's balance and stability, and it's also to parlay some of your arm motion into the ground so that your backward action doesn't have to solely come from your legs. The okay. question is, is it really a necessity, and do we want to strengthen our body relative to poles, or would you be like, oh, I got to get my body, you know, I think if you're a, a person who doesn't move a lot on a regular basis it's probably a nice way to accomplish a longer hike because you're sharing the work over more parts of your body but when you start depending on outside things for endurance or for balance or for strength that's that's putting some of it outside of your body so you just want to look at the sustainability of that over time okay so now downhill and take it away you just teach the downhill section of this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you totally could. So you're standing on a hill. I couldn't teach it down as away well from as you. you could. This is like Zork or Dork or whatever that video game was called. You are on a hill. You are looking down. There is a pot of gold to your left, an old farmhouse to your right. You know what I'm talking about? Rah, no, I. That you never like played it was those too old cool for me. No, you never no. had a Commodore 64, and the video game was just text. No. Go southwest. Oh. You are that, standing at a wood pile. Yeah, was that like Oregon Trail, stuff like that? I don't know. You I lift know. up the wood. Oh, you got bit by a spider. You're dead. Go back to the beginning. And I was like, <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Okay. Well, it seems like. I hope someone, if, if, you, going, know, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about out there, would someone please, please. Otto, Otto, Send, you have to know what I'm talking about. Otto, please. <laughs> oh, please tell Otto, me. Poor Otto. <laughs> it, whoever knows what she's talking about, send Send a, a, send a confirmation play. and also a video of you running with your arms straight down at your side to Katie. Thank you. And me, please. That would be awesome. Uh, and Bob. Don't leave out um, Bob. Yeah. 
Well, it seems okay, like so, you don't want to fall, right? You you don't want to fall when you're walking downhill. I'm just, I'm spitballing okay. here. Yes, you got it. So going downhill, you are falling. When okay. you go downhill, your tendency is to go downhill. So when you're going downhill, you're essentially keeping yourself from falling downhill. So everything changes. Your arms and legs are still moving, yes, but you're preventing a fall. You're slowing yourself. It's different. So um, as you go, as you go down, as your leg moves out in front of you, if my left leg moves out, like I'm, I'm on my right leg because I'm going to take a step down with my left leg. If my left leg is going out in front of me, which direction is my right arm going? Well, I would want to be having my torso go back toward the hill. So probably it would go up, wouldn't it? You just have to go. If, if your left leg's going forward, your right arm is going forward. It's always yeah, going to be yeah, opposite, go, right? Yeah. So if my left if my left leg is going forward because I'm going to step down, I get down because I'm going to bend my right knee and, and drop the left side of my hip a little bit, which is going to be mm-hmm. using the muscles of my right leg. That left arm's going to go forward, but it's it's like pushing. It's swinging forward actively, which helps keep me pushing back yeah, into the hill. I was going to say hill, it'd be a lot right? more active, like a lift more than a, a swing yeah. back. So as you're, going, as you're going down, the work of your arms is really forward because that's if you swung back really hard, you're just going to go pitching forward down the hill, right? So it's like you're you're sitting back with your hips a little bit, and you're swinging actively forward with your arms, and all of that is what helps keep you in the hill. So I just thought that everyone would really appreciate a good old fashioned biomechanical breakdown of arm swing. Am I wrong? No, you are right. And can I just say, when you came out to visit, I hadn't finished. The 52 weeks hmm. bio course. Are you going to do that every year? Are you going to put that out again? No, because that okay. that will be a book. So okay. that's going to eventually well, when be... when the book new- comes out, yeah. y'all have to get it because... It's not coming out to- for 2018, so don't ask me. I'm not oh. doing any books. Oh, like I'm pushing you to write a book, please. Please. Everybody's writing me letters. Stop, stop with the pressure. Books, stop with stop. the pressure, Danny. <laughs> I'm a slave driver. Okay. We went for a walk. You had a coffee mug, a jar, you know, that you had your coffee in. And you're like, or a cup or something. And I was like, do you want to leave that here? Because we were going out to walk in the prairie dog town. And you go, no, I'll carry it. And then and then you finished it halfway through the walk. And I was like, you can leave that here and we'll pick it up on the way back. And you're like, no, I'll carry it. And you go, people don't carry things enough. <laughs> and I started to think about it because I hadn't, you know, finished the course. And and so then I just was on a mission because I just thought about it for about an afternoon. I was like, yeah. I've been so concerned about that perfect reciprocal arm swing that I didn't think about the bigger picture. And and you're right. Unless you've got a Sherpa doing everything for you, life necessitates you're going to have to haul some stuff and you're not going to be able to swing your arms. No. And the thing is, that's what your core, I mean, all of your core muscles you know, your your arm swing is also, you know, we think of our waist. You're just so smart. You think of your, <laughs> I'm actually just the opposite. I'm just a well, hyper worker. Thank you for, thank you for thinking is. about this and bringing it up because I just, the, then now I just see everything in terms of, I got to carry it. Like Wait. I go into the grocery store and I, I try not to grab a cart now. Right. Or a know? backpack, right? Loading everything into a single back on your frame because you don't want to use your arms. You do not want to, no one wants to use their arms and they don't realize it because it's been, that's the good thing, right? Like it's put that down. It's going to be so hard for you to carry mm-hmm. something in your hands. And meanwhile, you're like, my fingers are swelling when I'm walking. It's like, yeah, because you're doing, they're not do nothing vessels for holding blood. They are 
active tools that have gone underused your entire life. Poor and forgotten so, fingers. You know, like there's just there's just so many things and we just get used to not like hands free mm. as being a natural state. And like it's the opposite of a natural state. Walking around and doing nothing with your arms is really only made by an ultra convenient society. And look, we're back but we're back to moving matters again. Mm. Which is pre-sailing now, everybody. It just, it it should go up today when we're recording this and this won't be out for till after that. So yeah. Oh, sweet. I know. I know. Put me down for one because that's. I'm sending you one at the end of this show. You're going to get an, you're going to get an advanced copy because we're going to do a whole entire show based on how you, Danny, read it. I (laughs) want to. Like, like how you, I mean, me, I can't do a show with everyone, how they read it, but I can do one with you and I'm excited. Excellent. I'm excited too. Well, and just thanks for opening up. I mean, I've already learned to use my arms in so many different ways pre that comment that you made to me, but then that just, it brought in the rainbow loads of, of movement for things, carrying things on one side, switching things. And, you know, it's really, you've taught me a lot of good things, but. Something I cherish is it's really not bad to be uncomfortable. <laughs> and and we kind of have spent all this time as a society being as comfortable as we can. And we don't want to be uncomfortable. But that's really not a terrible thing. It's also what's making you sick and uncomfortable, ironically. What? Being, being comfortable. Being comfortable. I know. So yeah, it's like your comfort moment to moment is is like what over time accumulates into the thing that brings you the greatest, you know, physical and mental discomfort. So mm-hmm. having control over when you can be uncomfortable by by parlaying this discomfort is me what it what it feels like to adapt to the things that I want to be able to do. Like that's that's what's uncomfortable yeah. about it at all. And and the discomfort goes away over time. So totally. Yeah. Yeah, and then you just you feel good. You know, you don't like like you said you're not always comfortable but you always feel good. Right. And you're always moving, right? That's the the mm-hmm. discomfort. I would propose that the bulk of discomfort that you feel is the fe- is the feeling that well, that's what movement feels like. It's just not yeah. movement that you're used to because it's ex- you're used to mm-hmm. the exercising movements, but the discomfort that you were feeling, that's what movement feels like. Yeah, just a sensation. It's outside of your normal mm. movements and you're like, ah, I don't like that. And like, that's movement. That cold, those chills, that's that's what it, that's the movement to warm you up. Like, it's like, yeah. this is movement. I, I uh, was hiking with a friend on Friday and she's like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I was listening to something Katie said. And then I thought about goosebumps and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, so I don't towel off anymore. I just drip dry. And I just I was like, huh. Afterwards I went home, showered, didn't towel off. Holy guacamole. You can get goosebumps for a really long time and survive. And be stronger. It's for amazing. It. I just saw something and said, Something is like, it's not cold and flu season. It is the season in which you lose your adaptations because you stop going oh, out man. in the sun and going outside. I was like, oh, that's such a good way to put it. Like, it's the oh, yeah. season where you've removed yourself from nature so much that you can't deal with the, the, the things that are around you, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. So, so ad- stay, stay adapted. Wow. That was good. I thought so. I didn't write it. Mm. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, cool. Well, I think that is it. We're just going to keep on going with this stuff. I think it's going to be a really interesting few months. And then hopefully when that book comes out. So pre-ordered yeah. now. We can pre-order it now. And good one on you. Okay. And I just wanted to also on our way out 
Send a big, huge thanks to Dan McCormick and Penelope Jackson, who played all of the instruments and recorded that new theme song. Expertly and passionately done. Yeah. You can, so great. You can find Dan McCormick. He's an, I mean, they're both amazing. Dan's got an amazing album out, but you can find them on Twitter if you want to. We can link to them in the show notes and I'll play some other cool stuff from them coming up because they're a great band. A great duo. Out of Nova Scotia. Out of Nova right? Scotia. Halifax. Nova Scotia. Have you ever been there? I have. Is it nice? It's great. I have sat in personally, listened to Dan and Penelope jam. So sweet. While I was eating jam. Oh, so, no way. I don't know. I might not have been eating jam. I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Such an exaggeration. Maritimes. Right. Maritimes are great. Hey, let's listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Here's the whole All song. Right. It's great. For listening, everybody. For more information, thank you so much. I was going to give some more information. Oh, okay. For more information, books, and online exercise classes, you can find me, Katie Bowman, at nutritiousmovement.com. You can find more from Danny Hemmett at moveyourbodybetter.com. And we have no contact information for Bob at this time. No, but in the future. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye bye. Hopefully you find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such.